And so we weren't, you know, we weren't checking on you know, who was logging in at three o'clock to watch the sermon because I know a lot of you would watch it later because you're enjoying God's goodness and creation. But we get to come together today as a church to worship Jesus to hear from His Word. And so I want to just thank you to the worship team. I mean, it's been COVID and just people traveling and coming back. I mean, we've had a lot of gaps to fill. The worship team continues to just step up and serve the church. So I'm so thankful for them and their leadership. And if you haven't met, this is Kai Wash. She's helping us this week. And we'll welcome Kai Wash. To speak to Kyle for Chinese New Year, uh, Kyle stepped in to translate. So, yes, we pray for her. She translates this afternoon. All right, if you guys want to grab your Bible, I invite you to grab your Bible, your phone. And you really want to be able to follow along in the text today? That there's only six verses, but it's going to be a lot that Paul packs in. And we want to follow carefully what he tells us this afternoon as a church. And so let's stand for the reading of God's word together. It'll be up here on the screen. We can read it first in English, so read it in Chinese together. Alright, one, two, three. For we know, brothers and sisters, and sisters loved by God, that He has chosen you, because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full assurance. You know how we lived among you for your benefit, and how you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord, when, in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, for the word of the Lord rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place that your faith in God has gone out. Therefore, we don't need to say anything, but they themselves report what kind of reception we had from you. How you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for a son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Read it together in Chinese. 神所爱的弟兄们
，这样你们就成了马其顿和亚干亚所有信徒的榜样，因为不单主的道从你们那里传遍了马其顿和亚干亚，就是你们对神的信心也传遍了各处，所以我们不用再说什么了。他们都诉说你们是怎样接待我们，而且怎样离弃偶像归向神，要服侍这位又真又活的神，并且等候他的儿子从天降临。这就是神使他从死人中复活，救我们脱离将来的愤怒的那位耶稣。Before you see, let's let's pray together. 那我们再祷告一遍。Father, we thank you for your word. 主啊，我们为了你的话语感谢你。God, we thank you that your word is alive. 主啊，谢谢你的话是活的。Your word changes us. 你的话语改变我们。Your word challenges us. 挑战我们。And your word ultimately reveals to us the person of Jesus. 主啊，你的话最终来向我们显现耶稣是什么样的神。So Holy Spirit, would you come and would you open our hearts and our minds to receive from you this afternoon? 主啊，就是求你的圣灵来彰显来显现，让我们的心跟我们的灵都打开，可以来领受你要给我们的话语。Pray that you would allow us to be both hungry and humble as we approach your word. 主啊，当我们来到你的话语的时候，主我们可以成为那个谦卑并且渴慕的人。In Jesus' name, we pray. 奉主的名。Amen. Amen. 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 I remember, you know, growing up in, in my house, every evening after we ate dinner, 就是我长大的时候呢，每天晚上我们在家里吃饭。We we make our way into the living room where we begin to watch TV. 那我们就会到客厅，然后去看电视。Now this is before Netflix. This is before YouTube. This is even before, if you can imagine, smartphones and iPads and all those tablets. 就是那段时间呢，是没有网络的时候，然后也没有任何手机。And so the only choice of what we had to watch after dinner was we had one choice. 那就是那时候的电视台呢，也没有什么选择。Whatever Dad wanted to watch. 就是电视台播什么，你就只能看什么。I mean, whatever time it was, whatever he wanted to watch, that's what we had to watch. We didn't have any other choice. 就是那个时段都是这个时段会播什么，那你就看什么，你没有别的选择。I was even thinking about this today, and I remember I watched so many episodes of this show called Gunsmoke. I don't know if you've heard of it, but just episode after episode because that's what my dad wanted to watch. Uh, the cowboy Because I had no other choice. You know, as humans, we love the power to choose. We, we like the freedom to, to choose what we eat. We like the freedom to choose what we wear. We like the freedom to choose where we want to live. And we even choose, right? We even make choices about who we're going to spend the rest of our life with. And we know that there's power in our choices. But when the Bible talks about the most powerful choice, it's actually not a choice that you and I make. The most powerful choice that the Bible talks about is not a choice that humans make. It's a choice that God Himself makes. 是神他自己做的
If you've been with us the last two weeks, we've started this book of First Thessalonians. And it's this call to, to the church for us to remain steadfast in Christ. That's the message of the book. And it's this tiny book, it's, it's like five pages in my Bible. But it's incredibly important for us to hear right now when we're living and where we're living. Last week, if you watched with us, we started how Paul began giving thanks to God for what had happened in the Thessalonian church. And as Paul begins his thanksgiving, as Paul continues giving thanks to God, he moves on to something else in the text. Which we're going to study today. He says, You know, God, I'm giving you thanks not just for what the Thessalonians are doing, but I'm going to give you thanks because I know of what you've done for them. And what he's done for them is he's chosen them, is what Paul says here. And this is what the Bible calls the election of God. I feel like every election you preach about tends to be a little controversial. Any election you preach about, whether it's a presidential or the biblical, it can be controversial. But Paul wants us to see that the election of God, God choosing, is supposed to move us to worship. So if you follow along with me, beginning in verse 4. He says in verse 4, he says, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you. The first thing that Paul does here is he reminds the church, he says that you are loved by God. Last week we talked about the church was suffering, was going through persecution. And I don't know about you, but when we go through suffering, one thing that we need to be constantly reminded of is the love of God. That even though other people had rejected them, even though society maybe persecuted them, Paul says, you are a church that is loved by God. Not only are they loved by God, but Paul says that they are chosen by God. He says, you are loved by God and He has chosen you. If you, have, if you have a pen or if you have something that you're marking, you want to circle this word because what this word means, chosen, the definition, uh, the word means a deliberate choice. This is not random. This is not a response. This is a deliberate choice that God has made. And 
And I understand, even, even for me as a Christian, I have gone you know, both ways, all over the map when it comes to the election of God and God choosing people for salvation. But one thing is clear here that Paul says. He says that God's election, God choosing people for salvation is connected to his love. He says it here in 2 Thessalonians, he repeats himself. He says, We ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters. He says it, love by God, because from the beginning, God has chosen you. But the election of God and the love of God, whenever we think about this topic, Paul is saying they are not in competition. They are not opposed to each other. They are intimately connected to each other. And as we look at what Paul says, why does Paul say God chose them? Does he say, oh, hey, God chose you, Thessalonians, because you were like the best, the most moral people? Does God say that He chose them because they always followed His commands and obeyed all the laws? But Paul says that God's choosing was based upon His love. This is what we call unconditional election, and it's not based on anything other than the goodness and the love of God. Okay, God repeats this in the Old Testament. If you go to Deuteronomy, he says the same thing about Israel. God said that the Lord set his heart on Israel and chose you, not because you are more numerous than all the people, but because the Lord loved you. So Paul says that the election, the choosing of God of the Thessalonians was not based upon anything that they had done, but was based upon the love of God. This is important for us because I don't know how many of you guys have ever been picked last for like a sports game. Right, everybody lines up. And they're looking at who's the tallest, who's the most athletic, who's going to bring the most to the table. And it's not fun as people just go one by one by one, and you're the last person standing. That's not the picture that Paul says here of God's election. And this is important because every religion outside of Christianity, you will, will stand before the God or the idol. And in what you do usually is you begin to tell this God or this idol why you deserve their blessing. You stand before the idol and say, well, I've been good enough, therefore I should receive 
health, wealth, and prosperity. I shouldn't receive your love. This is why you should choose me. 好像就是你在说服他说，哎，我我都有做善事，所以呢，你要祝福我的身体健康、子孙平安之类。But Paul, in the very beginning, he says that is not the gospel. That is not the God of the Bible. 那保罗在一开始的时候就说，这个不是福音，这也不是圣经所讲的这样的爱。The God's choosing of these people for salvation was based upon His goodness, not based upon theirs. That's really important for us to see that. 所以保罗在一开始讲到这个拣选，他就有说明说，不是因着他们的行为做了什么，他们被拣选，而是根基于上帝对人的爱。Excuse me. In verse five, he begins to give evidence. He says, "Okay, we know that God has chosen you because these things are happening. These things are in your life." 所以他就开始把这些证据都拿出来，就是这些就是神爱你们的证据。He says in verse five, because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in the Holy Spirit and with full assurance. He says, 福音传到那里不在乎言语，也在乎全能和圣灵。Not only is election or the choosing of God not opposed to God's love. 就是不单只是神的拣选，在于神的爱。But it's also not opposed to evangelism. I mean. Paul knew that God had elected and chose people, but it didn't stop him from continuing to preach the gospel. It actually encouraged him to do it more, as we'll see. So, 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 Paul says that when we came and we preached, right, synagogue Sunday after Sunday or Saturday after Saturday, when we preached, he said something happened. The Holy Spirit did something. So he 不断的去到会堂，不管是礼拜六或者是礼拜天，他去到会堂，他在讲说有一些事情发生，是圣灵在做工。And he said the gospel did not come to you in word only, but it came to you in power. 他不但说福音传到你是因着言语，而因着神的圣灵的全能。Now, the, the Paul is not trying to trying to make this competition between the Word and the Holy Spirit. The, the Bible doesn't make that kind of、um, difference between the power of the Word and the power of the Spirit. They they work together. 那他不是好像在把这个话语跟这个圣灵的能力在做一种比赛。And so Paul simply said, "Listen, I know that you're chosen because when I came, when we came and preached." The Holy Spirit anointed the message of the gospel in a very powerful way. So I know you were chosen because when we were here preaching, when we were preaching, the Holy Spirit was very powerfully doing it. And he says that it came in power. Now, where did Paul get this power from? Does he say it came from? He was a great preacher. He was a good communicator. He was a skilled、um, teacher. So, he was a great teacher. He was a good communicator. He was a skilled teacher. So, he was a great teacher. He said the gospel came in power, and the source of that power is the person of the Holy Spirit. 那说保罗说这个话语的全能，这样的来源是在圣灵里面。Guys, this is this is something that we pray for all the time. 这也是我们不断一直在祷告的事情。That as men and women go to the streets, pass out tracts, talk to the neighbors, would there be such an anointing from the Holy Spirit as we share the gospel? 就是当我们出去在传福音，不管是在街上，在任何的地方，当我们开口一讲话的时候，就有圣灵的恩膏，就是带出能力。You know, there's one of my favorite verses in the New Testament is Hebrews two four. 
And in that verse, it, the, the, the author says that while the apostles were preaching the gospel in the New Testament, it said God bore witness to what they were saying through various signs and wonders through miracles. And what Paul is saying here is very similar. He's basically describing a courtroom where there's people giving testimony and people being called to the witness stand. And he's saying, as, as I was preaching the gospel, as I was testifying to the resurrection of Jesus, Someone else was called to the witness stand. And it was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit affirmed what we were saying, affirmed our preaching through miracles, through power, and that's how we are sure God has chosen you. Something happened in us. Because the Bible says that the gospel is power. And we can be sure where the gospel is preached, God is working. Sure that He is working where the gospel is preached. He begins to move on. He says, not, not just something happened in us, but we know God chose you. Because something happened in you, if you follow with me in verse 6. He says, you yourselves, he's talking to the Thessalonian believers, he says, you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord when, in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. Paul's reminding them, he's saying, listen, we, we know that God has chosen you, not just because of something that happened in us, but he says something happened in you. He's, he's reminding them of the work of God in their life while he was there. And if you guys remember, we talked about how the Thessalonian church is experiencing some severe persecution while Paul came and preached in the city. Sorry, Kyle. But the word that, that Paul uses here for persecution, it, it's a picture of like when you step on grace to make wine. Alright, so if you imagine people stepping and squashing and pressing until these things just burst. This is how Paul describes the persecution of people who were following Jesus, who chose and who responded to the call of the gospel when he preached there. But there is opposition to the word of God. And this is actually something as, as our Chinese brothers and sisters, as our Taiwanese brothers and sisters go back to their families over Chinese New Year break. And this is very real for them. And so this week, let's, let's pray for the Taiwanese churches. They go back to families who don't have Christians in their family. 
那就就是我们要来为教会里面这些弟兄姐妹祷告，因为也许他们回去，他们是唯一的基督徒。They experience opposition from their family, from their community. 他们可能会从他们的这些家族当中受到一些压迫。But Paul said that while all of that was going on, while people were persecuting Paul, 就是呃，保罗说当保有人在保逼迫他的时候。While people were beating up some of their friends who chose to follow Jesus, 或是他们在鞭打那一些选择来跟随耶稣的人的时候 ，These Thessalonians were like, sign me up. 那这些铁匠农家的人就说我要加入。But somehow everybody else was persecuting, was suffering, and these believers said, I want to follow Jesus. 那就是这些。呃，信徒们，他们正因着福音受到逼迫、受苦的时候，他们仍持持续的说：“我还是要跟随耶稣。”当大家都在压迫你们，但是你们却领受这样的话，带着喜乐的心。You know, Jesus says that there might be a lot of people who respond to the gospel initially with joy. 那这边讲说，有些人他们带着就是喜乐的心领受神的话语。And he says that there is a type of person who responds initially to the message with joy. 就是有些人欢欢喜喜的领受了神的道。But then eventually, because of persecution, they fall away. 但是因着就是受到环境的困扰或是逼迫，以至于他们就跌倒了。The Paul says somehow you guys receive this message of the gospel with joy. Now, how did they do this? How, how did they, in the midst of persecution, receive the gospel with joy? That they were how they received the gospel with joy? What was their source of their joy? That they received the gospel with joy? What was joy? That they received the gospel with joy? What was their joy? That they received the gospel with joy? What was their joy? That they received the gospel with joy? 就是这些圣灵帮助，呃，这个喜乐帮助了这在提上农民家的这些信徒们。To believe， 去让他们相信。That the joy of knowing Jesus， 就是认识神的这个喜乐。Was better than the joy of not being persecuted。就是认识神的喜乐比那个不要受逼迫的喜乐还要再大。That the joy of knowing Jesus was better than the joy of not being rejected by my community。所以这些认识神的喜乐是比那种好像不会被。That the joy of knowing Jesus was even better than the joy of not losing face. 那那一个就是呃，认识耶稣的喜乐是比好像失去信仰还来看更更高兴。This is the power of the Holy Spirit. 这就是圣灵的大能。So I want us to see this amazing picture that Paul lays out here. It's really important for us to see. 那我想，就是保罗他所描绘的这个图片是非对我们来说非常重要，要去看见。Paul says that God sovereignly chooses people. 就是神他掌权拣选了这些人。But then he sovereignly works through people to preach the gospel. 而且他也选择他让人掌权，然后在人讲传讲那个分享的时候与他们同工。But even the faith. To believe the message with joy is a work of Him as well. It's a work of God. So, in our lives, having faith and believing is also a work of God. So, Paul reminds us, saying, "Listen, the Holy Spirit did something in you. He lives in you. Remember that." So, Paul is reminding them, "The Holy Spirit in you did something. You must remember that." 
You know, the Bible says that the person of the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. It's like a down payment. Think about paying something. It's a down payment of what's to come. It's a guarantee of what's to come. And you know what? Whenever I asked Allison to marry me, first of all, she said yes, which is the most important thing. But you know, I got down on one knee. And I gave her this ring, right? I gave her this engagement ring. And this ring promised something to her. It guaranteed what's to come, right? And, and so, you know, when, when Alice said she might have doubted how I felt about her, or maybe doubted like our relationship. She can look at this ring and she can be reminded, no, this is a promise, this is a guarantee that he will marry me, we're going to live our lives together. Because Paul says, the New Testament says that that is what the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is for every single believer. That it is so easy when we doubt the love of God, the promise of God, to look at our feelings, to look at our work, to look at what we can do. But the guarantee of your salvation, of God's choosing of you to, to be redeemed, is not your work. And the promise, the person of the Holy Spirit living inside of you is that promise, is that down payment, the guarantee of what is to come. Paul begins to move on. He says, not only does God's electing love save you, but he says it continues to sustain you. Follow me in verse 7 and 8. He says, as a result, as a result of God's choosing, as a result of you receiving the word of joy, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Okay, this church is small, it's new. It's being persecuted. And Paul says that this young, persecuted, early church is being an example to this entire region of the world. And Paul begins to introduce this idea of discipleship that we're going to talk about later in the book. Because if you notice, there's a pattern here that Paul shows them. Paul came and shared the gospel, right? He lived among them. They imitated Paul. And now others are imitating them. Look, look at the life of Jesus. Jesus shared the good news of the kingdom. Lived among us. Disciples imitated Jesus. Now others imitate the disciples. This is what God wants for every single believer. 
And he wants for every person to have someone that they're following as they are learning about how to follow Christ. He wants all of us to have someone that we're teaching how to follow Christ. And so just the question is, you know, do we all have these kind of people in our, in our life? Do we have someone that we're looking to to say, hey, would you teach me how to follow Jesus? So who is your example and who are you being an example to? How are they being an example to the to the to this region of the world? Paul tells us. He says, for in verse 8, the word of the Lord rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place that your faith in God has gone out. Okay, what's happening as, as the Thessalonian church, as their reputation is growing and going all across this part of the world, what else is happening at the same time? What's being celebrated or what's being heard about as their reputation grows? It says the word of the Lord. Paul is saying, this is the incredible thing that Paul says, as the reputation for the Thessalonian church grows, so does the fame and the reputation of Jesus. As the Thessalonian church produced more and more and more fruit, guess who got the credit? Guess who got the glory? Jesus. Now this is our prayer for, for City Life. This is our prayer for the Church of Taiwan. This is our prayer probably for every single Christian, right? That, that our reputation would not point people to you or to me or to the church, but who point everybody to Jesus. The fruitfulness of this church caused the glory of Christ to increase, not their reputation. And yet I know it's so easy to get caught up in worrying about your reputation or my reputation more than the reputation of Christ. You know, there, there are churches, there are pastors, there's this temptation to be concerned more with your faith than with the faith of Jesus. So, I'm a huge sports fan. But in 1994, there was this, there was this, this guy's name, Scotty Pippen. And in 1994, they were in a playoff game. There's two seconds left in this game. They have one shot to take. Game's tied. The game is tied, yeah. And Scotty thinks he's the man. Like, he deserves to take this final shot. He, he should be the center of this team. 
after Michael Jordan left. 那这个皮蓬先生呢，他就认为呢，这个最后的重要一集应该是由他，因为他觉得他最有资格来做这件事情。So with two seconds left in a playoff game, the score is tied. 那就是因为在最后的总决赛嘛，然后只剩下两秒，然后那个时候比分是平手。The coach decides to let someone else take the shot. 那最后总教练呢，决定让其他人来做那个最后的一集。And you think that maybe Scott would be like, "That's great, no coach. Let's, let's all go out on the floor. Let's do this. Let's just win this game." It's not what Scotty did. He sat down on the bench. He didn't go out. He didn't play that last play. Because it wasn't about him. And it is so easy for us to get caught up in the same kind of mentality. You know, when are we going to get the credit? When am I going to get the recognition? And guys, the Thessalonian church says that they're more concerned with the reputation, the fame of Christ than they were with their own. 所以这个铁匠龙一家教会，他们所在乎的更多是耶关于耶稣的名声，而不是自己的名声。And Paul says all of this was tied back to God's election, His choosing them, that allowed them to be this kind of exemplary church to the rest of the world. 所以因因为从这一切的开始，就是因着上帝爱的拣选，至于这铁匠龙一家教会，可以成为许多人的榜样。Finally, Paul moves to the end of this. Thanksgiving, right? This is, we're still in Paul's prayer. This guy was a long prayer. We're at the end of his prayer here. So we're still in Paul's prayer. We're at the end of his prayer here. So we're still in Paul's prayer. We're at the end of his prayer here. So we're still in Paul's prayer. We're at the end of his prayer here. So we're still in Paul's prayer. We're at the end of his prayer here. So we're still in Paul's prayer. We're at the end of his prayer here. So we're still in Paul's prayer. We're at the end of his prayer here. So we're still in Paul's prayer. We're at the end of his prayer here. So we're still in Paul's prayer. We're at the end of his prayer here. So we're still in Paul's prayer. We're at the end of his prayer here. So we're still in Paul's prayer. We're at the end of his prayer So, so follow along here in verses 9 to 10. And he says here, he says, We have what we heard from you, how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. He says, Because they have already been told, they have said, They have said, They have said, They have said, 归向神，要服侍这位又真又活的神，并且等候他儿子从天降临。这就是神使他从死死人中复活，救我们脱离将来的愤怒和能为耶稣。So Paul basically describes their entire conversion, saying, "Listen, you turned to God from worshiping idols. You turned to serve Jesus as your new master, and you also wait for His return." 他说：“你们从拜偶像当中离弃，转向神。”并且你们又服侍那位又真又活的神，而且你们也等候他的儿子降临。I wish we had a whole week just to sit on these two verses because every single verb that Paul uses here, turning and waiting and serving, they're all active, meaning we're supposed to continue to do this all the time. 那我真希望可以花就是一个礼拜的时间来好好讨论这两节，因为保罗这边所用到的动词就是离弃，然后服侍、等候，这些都是非常呃。But you know, becoming a Christian it always involves turning away from something to God. That's what repentance is: is turning away from worshiping something else. 
to worship God. Paul says that you turned away from idols, that Paul doesn't envision a Christianity that it's you know Jesus plus Buddha or Jesus plus all these other idols. It's it's you turn from those things and, and you turn to worship the living God. He says you go and you, you serve Jesus as a new master, but then he sits on this last one and he says you also turned, you served, and you're waiting. He sits on this. And he says two things are coming. Two things are coming. Two things are surely coming. Jesus and God's wrath. And, as, and I know that the, the Bible, you know, one in every 13 verses mentions the return of Christ. Jesus, we believe as a church, Jesus is coming back. It's, it's a sure thing. Paul says also, though, something else is coming. It's the wrath of God. That this book does not shy away, that there will be judgment, there will be wrath against sin, against those people who don't respond in faith to the message of the gospel. And that's why Paul is thanking God, because these Thessalonians have turned to the only one, the only Savior who can redeem them and rescue them from this coming Jesus. Yeah, there's this, there's a dad, there's a dad, his name was his name was Thomas. Thomas had a son. But his son was was disabled. He had disabled. Yeah. And uh, one day they were, they were playing out in their front yard. And their, their, you know, the son was running through the yard and all of a sudden he fell. But he fell into a septic tank. Okay, the septic tank was uh, not only just absolutely disgusting, but it was also eight feet deep, it was about 257 meters deep. And obviously, with him being disabled, there's no way this son could, could save himself from that, right? So the dad, Thomas, runs over to, to try to get his son out of the hole any way that he could, but it was just too deep. He couldn't reach that far. And so the dad you know, lowered himself into this filthy, disgusting tank to save his son. And, and as he was down with his son, he's trying to hold him up so his son can breathe above the water, above all the stuff that's in there. But he couldn't do it. It's too heavy. He couldn't keep himself above the water and his son as well. And so he took the biggest breath he could take. 
He went underwater. He grabbed his son. Put him on his shoulders. And waited. And waited. By the time the, the rescuers were able to reach Thomas's house, the son was alive. The dad was dead. What an incredible act of love. Saving someone that has no ability to save themselves. And as incredible as that picture is, a father giving his life, saving his son that could not save himself. God saves even those who were considered his enemies. He gives himself for those kind of people who cannot save themselves. That's the gospel. We have no ability to save ourselves if Jesus comes and saves us instead. And so Paul says, God's loving election saves you, it is saving you, and it will ultimately save you from the coming wrath, the judgment of God. You know, I know in Taiwan, I know for, for many of, of us or for many of you, it's, it's, if you're not a Christian, it's, it's hard to, to know how the gods feel about you. It's hard to know how the idols feel about you. Right, and this is the, the worst part, like in high school and college, when you're dating someone, it's like, how do they feel about me? You don't know how this person feels about you, where you stand. Right, and when you worship idols, you don't know, you know am I going to go to heaven? Will I go to hell? Which hell am I going to go to? There's no security there. That's not the God of the Bible. Paul says that God's decisive choice is choosing of you. He's coming and choosing you to be called to himself. Will never let you go. Church, it's, it's a powerful thing, but, but what, what Paul says here is that salvation, that our salvation ultimately does not rest in the power of our choice. That salvation does not rest upon the power of our choice. But it is secured in the power of God's choice, of God's work. Let's stand as we respond to the God's word, as the invite the worship team up to respond to God's word. You know why why should this matter to you? Why should God's electing love matter to you? You know, I, 
I don't know about you, but maybe you've thought this or maybe you've said this. I, I know I have. Man, God, I'm, I'm going to let you down. I'm afraid I'm going to let you down. I'm going to let you down. Like I'm going to fail you. Um, I'm afraid, you know, I make mistake after mistake. Like, God, I've let you down. Like, I've failed you. No, I'm not, I'm not a good parent. I'm not the perfect parent. I've let you down. You know, I made a mistake after a mistake. God, like, I've, I've let you down. I'm afraid to let you down. In church, the, the Bible says here that you and I are not holding him up. We are not the ones that are holding God up. You are not the one that is sitting there bearing the weight of God. You are not holding him up. God is the one that is holding you, sustaining you, securing you through his love and his kindness. And so I pray that there would be some of you this afternoon that would respond to the gospel, as Paul says here, with joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. I pray that some of you, some of you here that might doubt, you know, God's love for you or God's um, um, his, his feelings towards you, would see that God has deliberately chosen you. He's going to keep you. He's going to sustain you to the very end. And most importantly, I just pray that God's election, what we see in the scriptures, moves you to worship. <laughs> 